Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Leavers and believers, and welcome back to Leaving Hillsong. My name's Tanya, and I am delighted that you have chosen to join us today. We are jumping straight in back to the middle of a conversation about an interview between former pastor Brian Houston from Hillsong and Andrew Bolt, a conservative news reading. Uh, one of those types uh people here who do you know when i say conservative he's like really really yeah doesn't have a lot of love to go around our andrew bolt but that's all right he's got some love for brian and yolandi and i were discussing this in part one so it is rather a uh a lively conversation. All trigger warnings apply as per usual, as per Hillsong. A lot of us chatting back and forth. We've known each other for quite some years now, so don't mind us. Grab your snacks, pull up a chair, pull up a couch, pull up a blankie and settle in for part two of the Antichrist Vultures with your landing. So, yeah, I think for me personally, I have to think sometimes about Brian Houston and his family as well. 
because I'm so Christian and I need to think about them as people because I, my beef originally was not really with Brian and with Bobby as much as it was with the whole organization that they've set up and the way that it was managed, but it's usually from the top down. My biggest thing is when I look at the situation, I think that he acted really poorly and he's, I think his EQ is really low personally. I don't think his emotional intelligence is high. He might have a higher IQ because he's got a lot of charisma. Um, but I don't think his EQ is that high. So when somebody becomes, when they're in that position of power, they don't want anything to corrupt that position of power. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know personally. Um, I think obviously you've got to be, uh, if it was me, I would immediately say my father is a pedophile. He's not going to be at this church. Yeah. It actually reminds me of something on you. It reminds me of, I sat in Hillsong. And there was a South African girl that I knew and she had a video that was made about how her stepfather had repeatedly raped her. Or I, I don't know if you can you use the word rape on Spotify and if you're putting it up there. Yeah, we could have been repeatedly molested and, and so forth. And how she was, you know, how Brian had mentored her and Bobby had mentored her to go back to her stepfather and, and you know, she forgave him and it was this whole reconciliation thing. And I thought to myself in that moment that while it's beautiful that I, and from a Christian perspective, I believe that, wouldn't you go to the police and, you know, tell the police that, look, my father raped me most of my life. My stepfather, he should be punished for that. Like in, in the sense of like, we want to forgive as Christians, but he should still be, as a Christian, the Bible still says that very clearly that oh, the actions that we take, the things that we do, we should still stand, you know, even in earth and in heaven, we should still you know, we should, there should still be some form of justice. And that to me is a little what, bit. Yeah, what, I mean, I know there's argument over this, but what about the old submit to the um, current authority as you would to God? I, no, you won't do that over the Bible because the Bible, that's wrong. That's, that, that's false teaching from the church. Sure. But well, that's a Bible verse. And, and I understand like, you know, if you. But the right, the right authority, not the wrong authority. I mean, there's the right authority that will do the right thing where they would go if there is a systematic abuse happening they'll immediately go and and there's good people that i know that are you know in churches they would go let's take this to the police immediately but but, but i mean you are not brian houston and he's made that clear and you naming your father uh you know your father isn't the founder of hillsong that you inherited a ministry from and then you know, turned into this international corporation and you're like, hey, why is everyone looking at me? I don't, I don't get it. Uh, so there's that. The thing I would like to uh, point out is their insistence on this reconciliation and forgiveness thing. And we can take this argument up another time, but I just don't know that it's explicit in the Bible that it, 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 I, I had a little look. Um, there's different, uh, there's there in some versions, but Jesus said, if your brother comes to you and asks you for forgiveness, mm-hmm. not just go around getting ready for the next abuser to do what they want. Cause you're just going to forgive anything that happens. Like it's, it, it's messy, man. No, it's a tool that they use, not know it. You call that they use repeatedly. You're the person with unforgiveness, not. But that's manipulation and gaslighting from a human being. That's not what the word of God says. I mean, you can use any kind of text. I can go and take a, a, a fictional book 
and I can use text in the fictional book if somebody believes really highly in the, like Harry Potter, which some people do, and they worship that book. Um, and you can take the book and you can say, oh, this is this has been said, and and people will religiously follow it. People believe what they want to believe, and and they follow that, you know. Let's, uh, let's listen to more of that then. I was the one who confronted Big Muffin over, and I end up being the one that he charged. Is it the uh, Christian element that, that you're referring to here? I think that there is a hostility that comes towards, especially women of pastors, people who are doing something a little different than the norm. And it's a tragic blight, I think, on sections of the Australian media and on sections of the Australian population. So... Because he's claiming persecution. So I want to know where this persecution is coming from. And it seems to coincide. It's not on him and he's making it about him. And this is my problem because there is a, there is a political systemic issue in Australia where people do not like Christianity, where it used to be a lot more Christian, but there is a move away from Christianity in Australia. And there's a move away from Christianity because people like Brian Houston keep abusing their well, And that's the reason why it's not because he's being singled out. It's because he's actually gone and misused his powers, misappropriated funds. And uh, it's not even allegedly, it's, it's been proven that he's done that that the church has done that, that they've taken VIP, you know, they've taken first slides of VIP tours to, you know, Korea, North Korea, where, you know, different places they've gone to. Korea. So That's what you remember. Korea. I remember the very lavish North Korea, really, <laughs> which is the most recent one. I'm sorry. Sorry. My apologies. North Korea. Sorry. South Korea. I'm, I sound like a complete idiot now. It's just, no, it's just too sad. I would agree that the Australian media has historically been suspicious of, of it, I mean, it's a, it's supposed to be stereotypically a cynical population, you know, hardy, sun-weathered, you know. Uh, so, yeah, uh, they have, certainly there was an article that even came up in court again from 2003 in the Sydney Morning Herald. A uh, very famous article called Praise the Lord and Pass the Checkbook by Greg Bearup. And this journalist spent a few days with Brian and Bobby and they felt what they, what's known as stitched up. They felt that he had uh, been dishonest with them and they never gave another interview to a journalist like that again. And uh, so you can see he's kind of opening up. So the Australian media have, you know, I guess, I don't want to go into too much history, but, you know, there's a sort of a mainstream Protestant feel about the place with a, yeah. a sprinkle of Catholics around. So, you know, nothing too outrageous. So they weren't particularly welcoming of this, what was viewed as, you know, this American style of, yeah. of whereas other countries have had a very different absorption of yeah. this style of religion. Yeah. I mean, he's right there, but it, you know, I don't know about, I don't know that it's a conspiracy that, you know, got them to rev up the DPP, but let's see what else. Uh, Australian media 
and on uh, sections of the Australian population. Yes, well, let's for spooky stories about uh, your evil church and the secrets of the church documentaries like that. It was uh, quite extraordinary. Sure. You know, a lot of people will want to know, um, what did you do about your father when he admitted to you uh, in 1999 that he had abused that boy? Um, was it like, uh, you know, the accusation was from the prosecutors who probably all keep it quiet. Is that what you actually did? No, in fact, the exact opposite. One of the th things that came out today in the judgment was that the judge believed, the magistrate believed that I, in fact, opposite, in a way, exactly the opposite to a cover-up, which is what I've always believed because that's exactly what happened. Which is what I've always believed because that's exactly what happened. I tend to just believe things because that's true or they're true, therefore I believe them. Oh, sorry. This is fantastic. I won't be stopping as often as often, but this early stuff is just fabulous. Because that's exactly what happened. I began to tell people immediately. Mm -hmm. You told the church you uh, got your father out of the church. Is that correct? I was suspended as credential after I confronted him. And then I uh, went to the board members of both the church he pastored, Sydney Christian Life Centre, and the church that I pastored, which then was Hills, Hills Christian Life Centre, and Hillsong Church. And uh, systematically from there, spoke to leaders, spoke to various groups in the church. As I think I said, I spoke to the National Executive of the Assemblies of God, who were the governing body. It's a movement of around 1,100 churches. And uh, and so I always felt like I got on the front foot and addressed the situation. It was, a, to be honest, a little bit shocked. And so even it ended up in a royal commission in 2014. Which now? Tanya? Now, I think that there's your, uh, there's the, the issue that, that he's, what he's done. You know, he was essentially, and that's, this is something they did in my situation as well and other situations as well, is that as soon as they try to mediate these things within their church, that's already extremely toxic and, um, pretty much scares people, you know, they, it scares people off. I think what they really wanted to do, and this is what he, he wanted to silence him. Let's get it. It wasn't because he didn't believe his father was, you know, this person or this evil monster, because I think he knew that. I think that he actually went to silence them because he's like, in my opinion, I'm just making assumptions here, right? He's probably like, this is not going to steal the rest of my life. This is my church. It's not going to steal my church's time. And we're just going to silence. We're going, I'm going to be selfish and I'm going to start silence. Uh, I know it happened. He's a 38 year old man. Um, he's not going to go to the police because we've got all our henchmen that will, you know, will psychologically, and they've got a great way of psychologically breaking people down as well. Yeah. I think it was just a whole psychological tactic to, you know, stop him from. Stop, stop Brett from talking, you know, and, and this is all victim shaming. It's, it's. Even from this reporter, it's, it's, it's complete victim shaming. Now, no, it's no. so interesting, the use of the words, uh, because I was there and I lived in the local area at the time. No, I was not attending, but I was what in 2001, two, what was I, 30 years old. I had a three-year-old and I had friends in the area and I attended the 
very first speech that Brian gave about his father's serious moral failure, there mm. was no indication of what that serious moral failure I never even knew about the, it when I got there, to be honest with you, in 20, 2011, 2012, around when I, I got there. By that point, they'd well and And I think another thing that really worth mentioning is that technology has changed so much in the past. Mm. 25 years that there's no way that they thought this was ever going to catch up with anybody. No, uh, I don't think they ever thought that they would uh, have to deal with this stuff. But I, I think also because so many people started getting fed up and they started speaking out, you know, the whole narrative comes together. But it was just phone calls and, and files in the old days and, and letters in the mail. You know, you could... Uh, didn't know it was going to be even if difference between the Royal Commission and now. So when everybody gave evidence at the Royal Commission in 2014, they didn't quite get their heads around. I think that it was going to be accessible on YouTube for anyone to watch at any time. Yeah, uh, the way it is now, as you are free to Google. I do want to touch base on something else as well. Yeah, um, I think it's important to note that. The church overall has been attacked by the, the by the Australian media. However, I feel like what he is portraying throughout his entire interview is that Gilsong is the church. Now we have to be very clear that Gilsong does not represent the greater church of Australia. Gilsong represents a very small part, or there is a part yeah. of Australia, but there is Anglicans in this. Anglican, by far, we've got more Anglicans, I believe, than charismatic or uh, Pentecostal uh, Christians in Australia. We've got a lot of Anglican churches. We have Presbyterian churches and very um, good-hearted people who who actually, I've, I've spoken to leaders from the Anglican church who have said, we completely condemn what Brian Houston has done. We condemn, we even from the inside, we, people who are high up at the Anglican church have told me that even from the inside, we have seen that there has been great corruption at Hillsong. So for them to paint this narrative that the Australian media is actively going out against the Christian church, which is Hillsong, no, it's going out overall, but Hillsong has actually been the problem that has caused this domino effect because most of the other churches are doing a really good job at looking after people. I mean, Catholic like, Church is a different story, but I mean, in terms of like, why do you mean Christians? Catholics believe a little different. They don't always even see themselves as Christians. And it's that. Yeah, I do love you. It's that, uh, that, that entitlement to a version of the truth, which um, some of us find difficult to um, allow. So I, I think one of the main reasons that places like churches are grilled in the media at times and that's again you know a general kind of statement to make um it is because of their power and you know their influence and their you know the tax breaks all of the opportunities and privileges but that tax breaks can be good if you have a, the right kind of organization that is that is actively going out, feeding the hungry, be looking after the community, and honestly, you know, making sure that the, the elderly are looked after, all those good things. And those right. things that, I mean, I've I've been involved with places like Agnicare where I've seen the work that has been done 
And I've seen that those, the money actually goes where it says it's supposed to go. However, there are those that are abusing it, but should we then, you know, t brush all churches under that thing? And that's the, that's the problem. We can't. Just why the me, you know, the media have said, you know, have asked questions and asked, you know, I wouldn't even call them tough enough questions that get heard, but yeah, because, you know, relative to the population, why are these people giving, you know, such extended privileges without any kind of consequence? As we're seeing, I mean, the whistleblower documents, we will continue, but the whistleblower documents showed that, uh, that Hillsong is, has evaded $80 million worth I of know. Money. And where is that money and why is it not being investigated? I just first book. You know, it's, it's, it's devastating. We only have one good person in the entire parliament that it's is speaking out and Andrew Wilkie or is, is, are they all just not matter? Does it not, I mean, you know, you think of people that are paying this incredible rent and businesses, small businesses trying to get through. Anyway, here we go. Let's listen to a bit more tripping. Yeah. Sorry, we can just go on a tangent. But we'll... Oh, so many tangents. As I think I said, I spoke to the National Executive of the Assembly. Actually, you know what I'm going to do? So I'm just, actually, we we're just going to listen to that one more time about how carefully he chose his response to. You know, what did you do? Who did you tell? Uh, yes. Very carefully chosen because he absolutely did not tell the church straight away what had happened. The opposite, do a cover up, which is what I've always believed because that's exactly what happened. I began to tell people immediately. You told the church, you uh, got your father out of the church. Is that correct? This has been... I suspended a credential after I confronted him. And then I uh, went to the, the board members of both the church he pastored, Sydney Christian Life Centre, and the church that I pastored, which then was Hills Christian Life Centre, the Bank Hillsong Church. Yeah. And uh, systematically from this, but to leaders, yeah. to various groups in the church, mm -hmm. as I, and I spoke to the National Executive of the Assemblies of God, yeah. who were the governing body. It's a movement of around 1,100 churches. Yeah. And, uh, but he spearheaded. And addressed the situation. But you didn't tell us in the And so even it ended up in a royal commission in 2014, which now, nine years ago, so 25 years since this happened, over 15 years since his obeisance, 14 years, oh, sorry, nine years since the royal commission. Uh, and, uh, yeah, since I got charged and then finally today in 2023, we got to this point. Okay. Let me say something that I just think is just like, I, I just, I can't believe that, you know, this, this keeps going on and it's, you know what, when I, I was reading a lot of the, the comments, um, especially pertaining to this interview and, um, a lot of people are just obviously rooting for him and, and so forth, but I, I just wonder how people would feel if. You know, if their, um, if their loved one was the one that was, you know, sexually assaulted by, by this I'm, man. I'm, I'm waiting for him to acknowledge that the Royal Commission was a wonderful thing because when you are a transparent and, uh, a, a, an organization that strives for transparency. Yeah to be healthy and to protect children and to have the highest form of safeguarding. The Royal Commission was just such an excellent 
mechanism to illuminate the issues to, you know, that we, you know, we studied the recommendations we're trying to apply as many. But the thing is, um, still, it's still this issue that he hasn't, he hasn't gone to the police. Like as Australia, as somebody that has lived in Australia for a long time, Australians always tell me, general Australians, that there's this duty of care. They're like, you have a duty of care to talk about this. You have a duty of care to, in a workplace as well, in any corporate setting, we get taught, you have a duty of care of this bullying. There's a duty of care of this, but it's not a duty of care to tell the church and to tell the people. It's a duty of care to go to the police because as soon as, if I told any generals Australian on the streets that, hey, um, I was, you know, I know somebody that was sexually assaulted, they would say, it's your duty of care to go to the police. It would be wrong of you to talk that away. Well, that lives next door. Exactly. It would be a duty of care to go to the police immediately and to talk to them. And, and you know, I'm so flabbergasted by some of this because a lot of the trial, I mean, the judge, uh, I'm so disappointed, asked questions about, well, so what? You took his credentials away. So what? That was for what? One or two or three hours a week. What about the rest of the time and the rest of the community? But the thing is, he's still in the community. So oh. if he was an active pedophile and it's been, it's not even alleged anymore. He is an active community member. He is actively staying next door to you. Your children can be exposed to him. I mean, I, I see the comments. I hear the people constantly say, oh, it's a pedophile. I don't want to live next to a pedophile, but you're, you're saying Brian Houston is okay to protect his pedophile father who was be was put back into society without any rehabilitation because the church yeah. is going to rehabilitate him. He can lie. And a lot of people have done this. And then he goes out and abuses five, six, seven, eight more children. Uh, oh, excuse me. They deemed him, these men, in, no, these men in power deemed him to be uh, too up to reoffend. But that's, it's, if you look in America, some of the most horrific pedophilic abuse cases come from 80 to even 85 year old, 70 to 80 year old men. They, um, they offend in wheelchairs. It's, uh, it's, 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 this is crazy. This is just crazy to me. They, they, they made these decisions regardless of yes. keeping in mind, they had a manual that they had ratified policy in May of 1999 about what to do when a complainant came forward. And there were several steps. I think there were four from the memory and you know one was to offer counseling one was to offer that you know to go to the police uh and that's been circumvented and dodged and weaved along the way as well no did Brett ever feel that he was he told that he could go to the police well I mean well it comes up in this interview which was quite interesting uh I'll I'll leave that for now there were certainly because I think it's about to happen there was certainly policy in place and there was also the children young people's care and protection which had come through in 1998 and George Abijanian the business manager was responsible for implementing that now why is a great piece of work George is a very powerful man within the organization with a long history of loyalty and has been the business manager for a long time, I don't think he's that anymore. I think we've got Crouchy on the job there now, Dr. Doctor. It was George's responsibility under that act to report any minister who had been disciplined within the previous five years. And they 
failed to do so. And when asked at the trial why he failed to do so, he said he was still getting acquainted. He's still getting familiar with the legislation. Uh, that was 18 months old and his responsibility. So there were several kind of breakdowns, you know, in the policy and procedure side of things that was brought up in the Royal Commission. So I'm just, you know, so fascinated by the words that have seemed to have been so very carefully chosen. And I, you know, don't tell me him and Bolt haven't rehearsed this because Bolt says, you told the church. Uh, Houston doesn't say, I told the church. Bolt says, you told the church. If it was Tanya, then they must have known before that he was going to get a not guilty verdict, which just makes me go, who is this judge? But anyway. Well, I, you know, I, I sat in that trial and I saw that judge and he, he asked questions. He seemed to seek clarification, understanding. And there were just so many kind of sweeping assumptions in, in the judgment itself. It might not have been enough, um, enough evidence. Right. Yeah. I mean, reasonable doubt. If, you know, if the glove doesn't fit, you got to acquit. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, since I got charged. Me, me. I did that in 2023. Me, 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 we got me. to the point. Me, me. Always me. Yeah. Uh, a certain kind of saga. Now, it? your argument was... Yes. Uh, the victim tells you, I don't want you to go to the police. By the time you know it, he's in his late 30s, he could himself go to the police. And apparently, hadn't uh, done so and hadn't turned his mind to doing that. Do you think you were justified in not going to the police yourself? Well, it's the exact words to me were, I don't want you to tell the police. He said, if anyone is going to go to the police, it will be me. There was also substantiated by his mother who had told me that it won't go to the police and other people who were abusing the information of this, you know, that my dad allegedly abused Christine Stock. And so. He allegedly? So, how? I mean, this is, it's not alleged. We're not first. Yeah. The use of the word allegedly is uh, certainly interesting. Okay. Because he's, it feels like he doesn't believe that he was raped by. By his father, it has been proven that he has, and that to me is like just middle it. Just, just go about. My dad is a pedophile. He was bad. He was a terrible person. I'm not that person. I want to change my. I want to change the way people see me, and that would that would be so authentic. On a, he's a nasty, nasty man, and he's gonna get in every strike. Everybody who has wronged him had better get their affairs in order because you know. He's California dreaming. He's no, but listen, there is a God up there who will have justice on this. And I don't always think these people realize to that guy. You think he's even shattered to that? Do you know what I mean? Like if he, if he doesn't repent, it's a straight to hell in my opinion, but that's that's, 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 any concept of that set of beliefs would he behave behaving but then he's not a real Christian. So Christians that are listening to this need to understand that if you are if you have, if you're acting like this, you're not a Christian. This is not a way that Christians act. Okay. Christians do not circumnavigate. Christians do the right thing. They don't lie. They don't try and make themselves look better. They they speak the truth, no matter what. I'll give you a quick example. When I started researching the book, I 
thought, right, it was Easter of 2005 and I thought, okay, I'll spend some time over the weekend looking at the Bible and seeing like if these guys, because I haven't really studied it, you know, must be me. I haven't studied it close enough. I better have a look. I'll start with Matthew and see which parts of them match up. You get to chapter like 15, I was like, how am I going to write 10 books? Uh, There's some scripture that I could even read about this. We could, but... Just a quick one. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are raving wolves. That's allegedly abused. Slap in the oh, face, man. There was a clear narrative of what the police and the new ones that he said. Clear narrative. So he was 37, and that's now an issue for if somebody's been abused, I don't care if they're 50, if they're 60, or if they're 12, they have been abused. It's been proven that he's been abused, and you are calling him a 37 year old man and mocking him for it's this is this is. Pure gaslighting. Even from me as a right wing person, I think this is now. Well, regardless of wings, it's a a situation called blind reporting, where you can go to the police and say, you know, there's a pedophile next door. How do you know? Well, I know because the victim told me themselves, but I am not going to tell you who. But if he did that, then he would he would be the one that lost the empire because his dad would have a lot of money as well, probably at six. But it was an option. So it's not just about, you know, uh, involving the victim. You could so, and there are problems with blind reporting, uh, as it's known, but you know, as you know, the safety of the rest of the community as you know, it's just to some of us mind boggling. It's pretty sick. To be honest, he's just some regular guy and he doesn't understand. Why is everyone picking on me? Yeah, I think we need to get to the point of why everybody's picking on him. People are picking on him because he's just not taking responsibility for what's happened. He just needs to be honest. And and he's actually digging himself a much deeper hole. And it's because he's in these denial, you you know, holes of of trying to self-protect where he's lying, lying so much that he needs to self-protect that it becomes... You know, it's just, it's crazy, actually. I just think they're so used to lying and believing themselves. Well, it's, narcissists. it's going to be so interesting because, you know, not guilty. So he can now tell whatever version of it he wants, I guess, within some. Bounce. And the story is going to come up because he says he's going to write a book about it. Uh, Let's get to that part. Yeah, I, he's going to write his auto-biography, he said. Oh, gosh. Please, of world. And um, I'm, under, I'm of the understanding that it's, did I tell you who's going to write it, uh, Ghost Rock? Because obviously he doesn't write his own books. I mean, oh, that's fraud. Is it the person that wrote Spain? <laughs> in, in your wildest dreams, it would be a Pulitzer Prize winning ghost writer. Think of the direct opposite. And that's his, uh, his scribe. Uh, yeah. he, who's the scribe? Come on. Yeah. Oh, Bobby. Yes. <laughs> Got it in one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So she's an aspiring author. Oh, and it's going to be raw, vulnerable, and honest, which between the two of them, <laughs> I want to... I, I don't know how that's going to come out. I mean, I wonder if there's going to be nail salons and pink, na- pink nails, oh, spots. 
This is going to be a tally of wrongs by Joe himself. I really hope that um, the women don't need to do the flex with their husband so that they can get more sex. And that's the, I mean, this is, this is the upshot of the horrifying avalanche ahead. I just need, you know, righteous tour. This, we were attacked by the devil. We never lost faith, never lost sight. We never did anything wrong. And the courts have shown that even though we didn't participate with them and didn't report to the police, we now will, uh, do you know what I mean? We'll take what we can. Uh, and Bobby, like, I, I just, do you know what I mean? I've got post-traumatic stress of what's about to happen. Um, well, I think, you know, she was this faithful wife and, you know, you know, and was so oh, yeah, we're going to be talking, but he did mention that I think he does. He is, he's probably a little bit clear of the fact that Australians were done with him. Yeah, so I they, think Australians are done well, with him. Maybe not in Balkan Hills, but over the rest of Australia, well, I think the majority of Australians, um, yeah. I don't think he's welcome. I don't think he's no. welcome at the local coffee shop, uh, maybe in Beecroft or you know uh, maybe Cherrybrook. But I think even there, you know, yeah, people like are any any foreign artist, he's just come and mined the hell out of this country. So I don't mean off he goes to to retire, go back to Novu. I'm sure Robert De Niro must be missing him they ship the dog there's a dog called lido lido uh named after his housing where he lives Was he friends with Robert and Nero? well the okay. he goes to dinner at nobu there you see it came up on the account didn't you i mean nobu is pretty much a prominent place even here in oh, even even in melbourne so yeah oh, um, no, be seen in melbourne don't don't be if <laughs> it can't be seen Ew. in melbourne Ew, this is uh, Orange County or whatever, Newport Beach. Yeah. <laughs> is Melbourne too grubby for this man? Oh. And so there was a clear narrative. He didn't want the police, and but he was 37 when yeah. he first found out. Well, yeah. Uh, again, checking the media, look, and they made it look like, it's, you know, I found this out when it was a seven year old boy. No one's And that, that was the obvious thing. No one's ever said that. But no, it was a 37 year old boy. No man. one's ever said that. And all the way up until when my father died. And uh, five years later, and, uh, I still, so he was a victim. It made him feel very sad for. Oh. Uh, but he hadn't still gone to the police. No. Wonder why. Point. And not had anyone. Victims. Obviously, we would have gone to the police. But no, it was a pretty seven year old man. And all the way up till when my father died, uh, five years later, uh, I still, so he was a victim. It made him feel very sad for. Uh, but he hadn't still gone to the police at that point and not had anyone else. So how did you end up giving charge? It's just an absolute mystery to me, given these fairly, you know, uncontroversial facts. Well, uh, yes, I think, you know, gain sections of the media. The media. The media. The media. They built a narrative on a premise of on a premise. Let's just stop there for one second. It's not the media. It's the people that have spoken out to the media. Then the media have gone, what's happening there? Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, the media only reacts on the responses around them. They don't necessarily go out and search. There are elements of the media that go and search, but they only go search. If you're a journalist, you only go 
where there's the smoke. If there's smoke, there's fire. And I remember yeah. one of the journalists from ABC saying this to me. She keep hearing these rumors from people that things are happening there that are not good. And it's not the media that go out there and that we yeah. have the data. Yeah. There's a hundred different media houses, different people that work with different minds. It's not this big conspiracy. It's like there is an there is somebody that goes to one journalist and says, "I've just this has happened to me," and then they they go, "Oh, maybe we could talk to more people," and then more people collectively come together. And because there's an issue, there's a systemic issue. <laughs> I think we need to keep in mind while we listen to this that he's not talking to you or I. And you know what? I need to say this. He continues to say it's been a bad time for Bobby and I, and it's driving me up the wall because Bobby and I went to the shops, right? This is how it works grammatically. I've got to get through this. But he continues to say, it's been a great day for Bobby and I. Now it's not, it's Bobby and me. And, and anyway, this whole thing is so rehearsed. You've had these scripted lines. You can hear it. Right the way through, these two have uh, scripted this together. So I just don't see it any other way now. No, it's very, very rehearsed. It's a, it's a complete PR-driven. It's a mystery to me, says Bolch. Well, why don't you ask someone then? But sure, see. you've got a lawyer there at the station. You could say, hey, this is a mystery to me. Why did this happen? I've got a guest on later. It, the whole thing is just basically him, but it, like, it's always as, as he, as if he is like a mouthpiece for, you know, it, I never thought that journalism would be a yeah. where if you're a journalist, you're supposed to still be, there should be still some sort of shadow of the doubt because you could get somebody on like that woman from who did, had that medical device. I forgot what her name was. And she sold everybody the live medical device. Now, you know, if you come back on after you've had all of these things. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Is it say she was found not guilty? You would still have a shot. You would still go, was it completely true? Is there must be some truth in the error that's errors that have been made? This is just all PR. Like, this is all just like whitewashing him and saying he is perfect. He has done no wrong. It's a mystery to me. I'm Andrew Bolt. Terrible. No. Because they built a narrative on a premise premise that was completely false. And uh, that narrative by omission, I think omission is one of the biggest tools. Uh, old pictures that are painted. Oh, I love it. Omission is one of the biggest 
tools of the pictures that are painted. I wonder if ChatGPT wrote that for him. No, but it's irony can be pretty ironic sometimes, as they said in Dinner Plane. Okay. Uh, not mentioning that this wasn't a boy that I found out was being abused. No one's ever said that. Seriously. And who had been abused Never read in 1970 that. when I was a teenager, by the way. And I was kind of unaware of it. Obviously. And uh, so I think that this even came to the point where the DPP charged me. Mm -hmm. uh, with picture from the media. So it's about the media. Now, it's always someone else that it, a narcissist has to blame if something goes wrong in their life. Like, it's the media. It's the media. It's not my fault. I had nothing to do with anything. My actions were all pure and wonderful and one and, and righteous. And I've just been persecuted by everybody else. And uh, I can't do anything wrong. But the only thing that I can think is that, you know, this is not, he's not talking to us. He's talking to his future, um, you know, the people that are going to say, well, well, hang on, what happened with his cakes? Oh, I'll go look that up. Or if they even hear about it at all, and he goes media and they go, oh, well, not guilty. He must've been all right. On we go. He's not talking to you and me, Bobby and I. He's not talking to you and me. Um, no, he's just, he, he's talking to you. He's fundraising. Yeah, just <laughs> an exercise for our uh, future audiences. Look, I will tell you something. These people operate on a different lens. They operate on a, coming from marketing PR background, understanding how they operate. They operate and there's no such thing as bad publicity. Everything is, is good publicity for them. And a bad situation to weave it and weave and redeem. People love, especially in the States, they love a redemption story. But to be oh. honest with you, we've tried, they've tried that with Carl. It hasn't gone down as it has. Uh. Those terrible documentaries about secrets of your <laughs> But I mean, this is my beef with this guy as well, is with Andy Bolt. It's completely, it's probably some of the worst journalism that I've seen. And I grew up with a grandfather that was a journalist and my mother was a journalist. And I've honestly never seen anybody go, you know, is there any truth to those documentaries? Because if you were a good journalist, you would even in that meeting go, and I've seen 60 Minutes do this, for instance, with Tom Cruise and, and other celebrities. But, you know, you, you would go, but is there any truth in those 60? Because there has to be some sort of something there that you could say that you were sorry about, that you feel remorse about, that might have happened. But it's basically just say, those are rubbish. They, they don't mean anything. Let's move on. You're amazing. That's, that's pretty much the message. It's, it's uh, disappointing to see that, yeah, I mean, as someone who identifies, as you said, uh, as not a lefty, you can see why the lefties would complain about journalism. Like but he's actually really like acting like a lefty because a lot of times in the, in the far left, they would be like, this is it. This is all we believe. There's no such thing as, you know, so it's, it's odd, you know, I, yeah, I always say yeah. They just, it's all a game, this thing. Yeah. Uh, but this is all about Brian Houston and it's almost, it's basically an advertisement for Brian. That's what it is. It's uh, certainly a, a, a springboard, isn't it? Into the future. Sorry. And you got me fired up there because I actually, oh, yeah, I for a little bit, you know, with his all act and he looks like an older guy now, looks like he needs to mm. go and sit by the spa and get some rest. And, and I'm sure, you know, any court case takes a toll on people, but whew, some of the lies and the accusations, well, just stop being uh, of this, you know? I like, think it's mentioned that they've, uh, I believe they've set a date where Brian is going for court costs. 
you know, oh, yeah, of course I knew that was coming. I just said that to myself yesterday. I was there. But my thing is, is this, I, I honestly think that I, I think that this, this isn't the biggest issue. The issue is him misappropriating funds. Why, why were they using it? I know. All right. Let me, yeah, but, you know, come on. One felony at a time, you know. <laughs> the fact that hasn't even came to the point where they can pretty charge me with pressure from the media. The media. But how is the pressure from the media? I have never heard of law enforcement being pressured yeah. Yeah. to yeah. charge somebody. I have yeah. never in my life seen that happen. I mean, if anything, for anybody who watched, you know, the show on the Lunar Park fire that was on the ABC so meticulously put together by the journalist set, or uh, the what the case of Kelly Lane that's on Netflix, you know, the media go to extensive trouble and, and research with cases and nothing comes about. And I mean, we had, for instance, um, a prominent person who is a media journalist, one of the first ones, and he, he went to your song and he's like, oh, you're not that bad. And he was trying to really be like, you know, he, he was really trying to, to just kind of have a balance of like, this is good, this is bad. And he was not, I, I don't remember him once being Oh, that's bad. And he'll song first. He first went, wait, what is it like really? And then trying to, you know, just assess and give a balanced view. But I've, I've never seen media aggressively push for any kind of. Yeah, so uh, I think it's that simple. Mm, yeah. Did you draw any parallels with the George Pell case? Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Very quickly, in case anybody doesn't uh, recall George Pell. Uh, who died, I think, about a year ago, who was the third most powerful Catholic in the world. He was the cardinal in Australia, particularly in Melbourne. Uh, he had been accused for a long time of concealing pedophiles within the Catholic Church. He was eventually charged with the sexual assault of two young boys, uh, historically, I think, 30-odd years ago, and he had been found guilty. I don't have the dates in front of me a few years ago. Uh, he had been found guilty. He spent nine months in jail. It was overturned by a higher court unanimously. I don't want to get it wrong. So it's Supreme Court. I don't know. It'll come up. And and that's uh that's George Pell, another another person who had been accused of concealing pedophiles who was eventually exonerated. It's just to me that it's it's probably not a great PR move to mention that, especially if you're trying to wheel people in, because um, I think that there's still a lot of people out there that. Well, hang on, hang on, wait. I've always felt very sad for George Pell mm. because of my own experiences, and uh, I only uh, shockingly just you know I was very to be honest with the, the High Court, Supreme Court, and I finally <laughs> unanimously found him. Okay. It took that long. I just, uh, oh, I the church figures as well. Uh, oh. especially, as I said, yeah, there's a little bit of prominence to I, those church figures. And even the attention at the Royal Commission that, say, Cardinal Pell got and then I got, mm. maybe one of two others who were other situations that may even have been worse. They didn't get any at all. Like, it just. I don't know whether there's a connection here or. Uh, the victim. Just, just, you know, happens, invisible. Uh, but 
from the outside, it seems that your life went a bit haywire uh, no. uh, after you were charged or about the time you were charged. Two years ago. Was covered, mm -hmm. charged with drunk driving in the U.S. two years ago. You were investigated by the church for allegedly being inappropriate with two female staffers around the same time. You resigned as the church's pastor. Uh, you went to the U.S. Uh, what on earth happened there? What is this uh, connected? Are they just different sort of uh, unfortunate events? Uh, what happened? Oh, those are big, big questions. Yeah, they sure are. From the time in 1999 when I found out about my father, you know, that basically framed so much of my life from that point till now. Uh, completely changed. Yeah. Uh, the day-to-day -day thing I was addressing in life, and yes, uh, sadly, over those years, actually, in more recent years, I didn't handle all those things well. Uh, I know a lot of the narratives out there are uh, false, not right. Uh, yes. I never had a sexual issue. I had a substance issue. And... Uh, One of those was thinking tablets, which I overcame in 2012, but never in a single thinking tablet till 2012. Uh, oh, it'd be interesting to get the medical record there and what constitutes that sleeping tablet, Shane Warne. Uh, did your mum give it to you? Yeah, it's, um, I just, uh, oh, he was. Uh, he said that he was stepping down from Hillsong to focus on the case ahead and it actually was fired. Well, it, it actually eventuated that it was due to breaching the code of conduct for inappropriate communications or whatever with two separate women. So he's got a bit to say about that, but you know, I had a subsequent issue well I've never taken a pill again hang on let's let's just uh here we go the 12th uh and then the same day at Hillsong Conference which is just a night of shame I'm very embarrassed about but again it's not what people think it is I'll leave that for another time to talk about but tomorrow uh, and then the deal is this where you've signed another one latest what in the woman's room is that the incident you mean well Yes, and uh, I knocked on the wrong door. In fact, I knocked on the door next to our door. Um, um, and I thought that person was in our room in the state of confusion that I was in. Uh, but that's a story for another day. Why? Why is that a story for another day? Why does he get to not answer? And how is that okay from the journalist? And why is that getting a nod? Well, the fact? isn't that a little red flag? Can you, can you not just see the producers like waving their hands and nodding and kind of, you know, holding up that teleprompter kind of. But it's the same producers that have said that, oh, there's, these reports are damning and I've watched because I watched Sky News and I mean, who are these people? I just, uh, I don't see why he gets to get away with that. So, you know, and having a substance issue as a that, you know, first of all, as a CEO and second of all, I don't know, second of all, as a senior global pastor of a whatever that thing is, uh, no, like it's not just, oh, I had a substance, you know, it, 
as a leader, as a role model, as a what? Like what? You get to just leave it. But let's just see the trend that usually goes on with substance abuse. You know, there's a trend when it, it, there's a trend that seems to be happening with him. I'm not a psychologist, but he's got three women. He's got three incidents with three different women. He's got a, a drinking problem. Or not a drink. He does have a drinking problem oh, because he's been obviously not his friend. He said alcohol. Not and then, then usually, you know, I had an ex-boyfriend, one of my first boyfriends, and just to give you some context, his mum went into a lot of depression when we were about seventeen or eighteen, and this was before I got married. And she would mix the yeah, she would mix the pills with with alcohol, and that became a really dangerous addiction, and that became something that would spiral into other things too they came from a really rich family as well but they but there was a problem for her because she couldn't deal with certain things but addiction is not just stopped because you've decided you're not taking one more pill addiction did she lead large stadiums of people and tell them how to live their lives and who to give their money to no but even if she did and she had a child you know so there's also that responsibility my point is important but uh you know Come no, on. but my, my point is that addiction doesn't just stop because you make it stop. Addiction is a long process. Right. Yes. Yeah. And if there is an issue that is so deeply rooted, it will continue to go on. So he's obviously hasn't, to say, it, he, he's making it so easy. Oh, I just t- stopped taking one, more, one pill. Like, I, I haven't taken any other pills. No, it, that's not how addiction works. Addiction is a very long-winded process. Yeah. Uh, so, so intoxicated when he gave his, I am not an alcoholic speech. Uh, Can you see the, the documents of the court case coming up? Was there any, was there any pills in his system when, can they, do they test for that as well? For what? For during the trial? Yeah. I mean, in the drink driving case, what, did he have any pills? Oh, um, I don't know. I don't know. If toxic- they should have that. Toxicology should show up everything. Cause that we, you know, he. His sad blood alcohol level was 0.23. So yeah, because it's 0.23, but it should have other stuff. Just because they usually test for drugs too. So if they test for, for that, they'll test for drugs and then there should be any things that come up. I begged TMZ for the body cam footage. I never heard anything back. What? I never heard anything back. You don't need TMZ for it. Body cam footage can, is, is usually released after... Well, uh, during a trial, but it, it should be released by now. Oh, man. Show me. Okay, I'll try and look for it. Uh-huh. All right. Okay, well, where are you now in your life? Uh, no, I'm strong. So something else I just wanted to add was he does refer to our room. Now, on the night in question, our former Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, and his wife, Jenny, had uh, arrived on stage at Hillsong Conference. Brian had uh, greeted her. They had a big love fest. It was prayed and they said all kinds of things that the Prime Minister shouldn't be mixing chats and state with. But Mrs. Roberta Lee Houston wasn't there. And I just want to know why. Where would, why would she miss out on an event like that? Very strange. Not support her husband on a night like this. Anyway, so he's uh, quite clear that it's our room. So, knock on the door next to our door. Uh, and I thought that person was in our room. And I started confusing that I was in. 
Uh, uh, that's a story for another day. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, well, where are you now in your life? Uh, the going strong. My wife and I are doing well. Uh, today is a here. Uh, burden off their shoulders, and I'm only 69. I'm a young man, so I feel uh, I'll think about the next decade. Now mm. I'm not exactly sure what that's going to look like yet, but I do know I'm too young to retire, mm. and so I hope to make a work for me. a solid contribution. Uh, I love the Lord Jesus Christ. I love serving Him. I, I love people. I love the congregation at Hillsong. We still miss them desperately. Or is that a takeover threat? When you're uh, making your home now, then, then it feels See ya. enough to be back in Australia. You know what? I love Australia. Bobby and I, we both love Australia, but, but Australia, in many ways, hasn't loved us. No. True. And uh, that's making it very sad. I wonder why. Uh, but it's a proof. Yeah. And so we're in a state of flux. I don't think we've all give us our eighty million. Where potentially there's a lot more opportunity for us. Uh, up, this is our place. I wasn't born in Australia, but I've been a citizen for over forty years, and from it's in our blood. And I'm going for the Matildas last night. Yes, we're Matildas. They don't want to support. No, well, I mean, you know, he's still a regular guy. He's just a super normal. I've never met anybody so normal in my entire life. That's one of you. Yeah, you know? yeah he's, he's so normal. I mean, he's he's so normal that you know you you just feel the authenticity tap off of his back. He doesn't love people. Um, I can't. Uh, uh, people, if you don't love yourself, Tanya, he doesn't love himself. Well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, of course, during the to the narcissist uh, definition it's a very fragile ego and you know but we have to talk about how narcissists are born on, on an, another podcast but yeah, 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 uh, narcissists are born out of trauma and all sorts of things. oh right yeah yeah um, um he's a victim again because and then, uh, what do we do with that you know do we demonize people who uh have just had a psychological response to to trauma and abandonment I can't make an excuse. Questions, big question. Yeah. Hold them. Hey, oh, we still got a few. So, yeah, I had previously believed that he had renounced his Australian citizenship, the US. So I don't know if that's necessarily true, but we'll follow that up. We'll find out, I suppose. He's a little bit uh, footloose and fancy free, the old Brian. He's pretty pleased. So, all right. Um, you didn't want to talk about the uh, two cases in, uh, where the church investigated uh, harassment alleged of, uh, of, of two women, one of whom quit the uh, church. I played earlier a clip. Don't you love that? Like he's struggling for words, like he hasn't rehearsed every part of this. Like, oh, I'm going to go. But I mean, when did the women's interviews that they, did they do this um, off a day after or on the day? On the, this was yesterday. This was the evening. But, but the I don't get how he's rehearsed it so well because it's on the day. So this, the, anyway, my alarm bells are going off. What? I mean, you think it's not rehearsed? 
No, I'm thinking it's rehearsed, but I'm thinking how would he have known oh, to yeah. rehearse? Because you oh, need to rehearse his side. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Unless he rehearsed two, two sides of it where he, but he must have known he was going to get off. Well, you know, towards the end of the trial, the defense really had hacked away at the legislation and, and I would have thought that because it came down to this reasonable excuse, which was based on what did Brett want? What did Brian believe that Brett wanted? And those two things were, you know, increasingly hard to prove what was going on beyond a reasonable doubt. And that's why we got the outcome that we did. Yeah, that clip of you preaching that you felt uh, the Lord's forgiveness in the room. Do you forgive it now? Do you feel it now? It's not always knowing that uh, God's a God of grace and I took these things to God at the time. I mean, with the one issue was in 2012, I was in a single text. Uh, it was reported as some text, but it was a single text, and I said simply, uh, under the influence of drinking tablets, and said it's completely, um, I'd have seen you. I may have wanted to hug and kiss you. Uh, it was a stupid, I was not conscious. I was, you know, in a state of self-consciousness. And when I woke up in the morning, realized what I'd done. It wasn't something that was done that we premeditated or anything like that. And I apologized immediately. Uh, so that happened. Um, so and then... Yeah, Over to just, you. Just, so uh, this is something that really got me because he, I was like, you, you said you just you weren't there, but you sent a text to somebody um the night before. This is a man lying in his bed thinking about a girl that he likes or a woman in the office that he's had a thing for, and he's walked around with these feelings. It's not just well, I just felt like telling you I want to hug and a kiss tonight, and I'm going to send you a text, and tomorrow I'm going to regret it. This is somebody who has orchestrated these ideas and these thoughts in their head. It doesn't just happen with, oh, I've just seen him in the office. And unless he's a serial cheater and he's doing this on a sort of permanent basis and going around live texting women thinking about it. Only happened once. He sent one text once, 11 years ago. And uh, you're absolutely, uh, just, it's the planning. It's the lying. It's the deception that goes into this kind of stuff that, you know, I don't know how people get over. It's like with the Pat Mercedes stuff. You go, oh, I just went to the one brothel the one time I heard from somebody who asked him. And the sex worker recognized me because I'm so famous. And, uh, you know, and you go, no, it wasn't like a five-minute decision. You know, you've got a PA and you've got meetings and you've got things you've got to rearrange. Uh yeah, no, no, there's definitely not. If you've been there, if you've been there once, you've been there twice, you've been there three times. There's no such thing as just the one time. Tell me from this uh, Christian point of view, if you have a bad thought about a woman, is, did Jesus not say that's uh, adultery? No, it's completely wrong. I mean, I don't What if you're drunk and you're just stupid? No, I mean, you don't get drunk as a Christian because right. the Bible says very clearly, you know, there's a lot of problems about getting drunk and why it's wrong to get drunk. And it's it's just but not appropriate behavior. Oh. Say again? What about if you're a pastor and you, you have to stand up and you've got to, you're not supposed to be taking sleeping pills, oh. on, I mean, in terms of like abusively. 
but you should be living an ethical life that represents where you are representing on stage. You should be representing in your, in your private life as well. And if you are not doing that and you've had a moral failure, you need to go to the elders of the church, tell them you've had a moral failure, step down from the church. And then let the congregation go out on stage and tell them, I have had a moral failure. It's been a very bad time for us. It's going to affect the church badly, but I've put someone else in place and I'm going to get some help. He has never done that. That's the right way to do it. give up your church. Back room. He's never. I mean, and he scolded Mark Driscoll in an interview because Mark Driscoll stepped down and he had to interview him for that because he was supposed to be at Hillsong Conference. And Mark Driscoll stood up at his church and he, he said, I can't do this. I've done this wrong. I play, I used somebody that's a ghostwriter for my books and he didn't even have a, like, he didn't have an affair or anything like that. He was like, I, I wrongly acted this way. I, I had anger towards people and I'm going to step down and I'm no longer going to be a pastor of the church. And he stopped, um, for a long time and he then started a free, I mean, that's the right way to do it. There's a lot you can fault Mark Driscoll on and certain things, but I'm just saying it's an example yeah. of how it should have happened. But Brian has always just gone. Oh, well, it's just been like bad circumstances. It's, there's never really any kind of like, I mean, there's somebody has still not sat down with him and, uh, or maybe it doesn't matter to the new market and explained what an apology is and how you take responsibility for having done something wrong. This comes out in the, in the media because somebody then uncovers the little, because digs these little holes to put all the, put the truth away because his dad used to cover things up. So you're only, you're only as good as you, you learn from your parents. I always say, wow. uh, and not but I mean, if it, think about it, right. This guy's father was covering up abuses for a long time. He's learned to basically take on the same kind of style within the church and they've constantly just keep covering things up. But what they don't get and they don't learn from is like every time you cover something up, it keeps coming up again because somebody's going to talk and somebody's going to be out there and then they have to just PR manage it again. And wouldn't it be fascinating and wonderful if the recipient of the text and or texts such as those received was able to communicate with people as to what really went on because it's kind of important and we understand. Yeah. Well, I mean, we understand people don't want to necessarily go public, but gee, there's some AI ways of uh, disguising people if only they could uh, come forward and perhaps tell their side of the story because I'm convinced that he didn't wake up and feel bad the next day. That's not what people do. They want to know how the text went. The truth is that those people need to come out and the truth needs to come out. I have, I have heard from someone inside of the tired community, as I call them, the tired of Hillsong community, um, that, um, that's, uh, that there's more stuff that's coming out. Now, I don't know what that's going to look like yet to come in. There is more stuff. And this is from, uh, from me, people that haven't actually spoken out that are quite, you know, quite connected to more connected than you would have thought. Vanity fair. Just, uh, just as a side issue, Vanity Fair chose to tell the story very specifically about Brian's inappropriate relationships. And, you know, I'm sure they told the story, uh, deliberately to target the people who know who the two men are. The story goes, two men are playing golf. One says, Brian, you know, there was an incident with Brian and my mother in a hotel. And the other one says. Well, that's interesting because there was an incident with the same sort of thing with Brian and my wife in a hotel. So 
Mm-hmm. So there's, it's a process of elimination, basically, who the golf players are and who the mothers and wives are, but, you know, so it's going to, you know, it'll get around. I'm sure it's, it, I'm sure it's all happening there by the Maribra, um Golf Course or um, what's it called, Little Bay what's Golf it? Course. Little Bay? Thinking Tanaso Hill Golf Course. Nice. No, there's a, there's a big golf course. I, he's more in the Bondi scene, though. So I don't know who these two golf players were. Um, mm. Would be interesting to know. I think that I think that those people need to speak out. I don't know if they've signed an NDA and they signed. Maybe they've taken some money or something as well, or they just don't want to be in the limelight. I don't know, but for the it wouldn't be the first time that it's been offered. Oh, I do see. There's a new article out um, that just came out. Former Hillsong leaders Brian Daughter opens up about heavy heart after. Oh, wow. let's get through this one. Let's just get through this one, and we'll we'll add that as a bonus. Let's go. I was just I was not conscious. I was, you know, in a state of subconsciousness. And when I woke up in the morning, and realized what I had done. It wasn't something that was done. We premeditated or anything like that, and I apologized immediately. Um, so that happened. Um, and then in 2019 is the situation where, again, uh, I took a double dose of anti-anxiety tablets. I only ever happened once. I never had a problem with those tablets. They happened once. I mixed with the alcohol again. I was in a state of confusion and ended up knocking on the door next to our room rather than our door. And Houston, do you think one of the reasons you felt, felt targeted in this whole process was that uh, you were connected, for instance, with Scott Morrison, or he went to your church, being uh, Pentecostal himself. Did that make you more of a political target? Oh, there's no doubt. And, you know, it was a big up in many ways. I mean, it's been reported thousands of times that Morrison said that I was his mental and his maiden speech in Parliament. If anyone goes and reads the Hansard report, I never said that. He never said that. He never ever said that. He mentioned three partners who had had an influence on his life, and I was one of them. So the whole thing has been one of those stories that, and growing legs, it wasn't even real. Was that is actually true, according to Hansard. Uh, the word mentor wasn't used. Colin Legs, that wasn't even real. And then I just got Morrison. Understood just how little we had talked. And uh, and, uh, over the years that he was in, we still employed to lead out when he was Prime Minister. They would realize that the whole stories, again, like many things, of a veto, unfulfilled political agenda. But yet he was close enough to you to reportedly try to get you. Uh, to come along uh, into the White House uh, with him in one of his visits as Prime Minister. Yeah, I mean, I was happily oblivious to that. I got a call from the Wall Street Journal uh, um, asking if, you know, I'd been rejected from the White House. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, I said no. So it's not funny that I had been invited along with a lot of other people. and Yeah. Um, I- one yeah, there's a lot of story around that too. I've got friends in oh, America who oh, yeah. have worked in the White House who think that. Oh, that, yeah. um, 
was generated here in Australia. Yes. Not in the media. In America. Yeah. It's the media. They all, they have been here in Australia. I guess we'll never know. Well, I do know is I work at the White House and in the Oval Office, just not so long yeah. after that. So it's, yeah, got in knows. there, didn't you? Yeah, made it in. I really had not know. Yeah, you. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't Google the royal family. I just met him at a pub one night. Of course, yeah. Just he just wants to meet. He doesn't care about the royal family. He wants to meet um, Trump. That's his role. Men, I'm still. I made it in. Don't. uh, All right. Don't don't push me. Thirty seconds. Oh really? I didn't know that. And uh, Houston, you're looking uh, a little thinner and I must say a little more drawn than uh, Maybe he's on his were some years ago. Maybe you do seem a bit down and uh, you worry me a bit. Uh, is it just uh, the day uh, that, uh, no? Well, I didn't worry, you know, it's been a big day, so I should be clean up. Very big day. Because it's been a day that's been coming for a long time. I don't, I'm not down here, dry, I guess. Uh, I guess I'm a little bit in a bubble, just you know, yeah, trying right. to get my thoughts together around everything that's happened. But I do appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. Yeah. But thank you so very much for coming on to the show. And that was that. Uh, Bolt goes on later to say that he feels sorry for Brian Houston. Uh, you know, if we want to talk narratives. I think that's been a a beautiful one. I'm about to press stop recording to take another break before we do the Laura thing. Anything else you want to chuck in? I think he does. I'll have some parting thoughts. I do think he does look like he's been through the ringer. He doesn't look like he's been through a good time. I do have, you know, as a Christian, I can understand that, you know, people do. He looks all right close up, trust me. He does, he's not so. No, he does. But what like, I'm just trying to say is that we have to think of the human being that's on the other side as well. There is still a human being there. I, you know what? If he just had fessed up, just been himself and said, this is all the stuff, this is all the dirt, it would have been such a more beautiful narrative for people to understand. But I, what these people don't understand at Hillsong is that they feel like their whole lives needs to be a cover-up. They're running constantly from themselves. How difficult is life to constantly have to run from yourself? And we live in a day and age where you don't need to do that anymore. You can be who you are. Why you do you don't do that anymore is, is kind of the lesson of this either way. No, no, what I mean is you can't be this, you know, this kind of psyched up PR way of talking of, uh, you know, I understand certain things need to be PR'd, which I do understand, but not with this. What I mean with this is we're in a society that would understand why his father was a pedophile. They actually feel sad for him because he tells his story. He didn't have to cover it up. You know, he wasn't yeah. he just real. That's what I'm just trying to say. He's not real. Yeah. He doesn't come through as authentic. He doesn't come through as real. And that's sad because there's a person there that could have been an amazing person that has chosen the other side and to manipulate to gaslight and to become a narcissist and that to me is is very sad because he actually had the power and and the clout and the charisma to actually make a change in the world but he's chosen the opposite of trying to make the ch- a change he's actually really gone against making a change he thinks he's making a change somehow but he's not making a change because he's not being real you know and and, and that's that's a sad part there's a tragic part to this there's you know? not a drop of compassion there for anybody else apart from himself it's the media it's always himself uh, i mean it's always the media it's never himself it's always something 
else except the Eustace and that they, they'll live like that until they die. So um, unless there's a miracle from God that goes and they repent, but that's probably going to be very far off. Okay. Is that how your God works? I mean, that you know. Be no, that... I believe that people, there are people in this world um, that have, you know, I personally used to be a very bad person in my own youth and I, and God changed me and he changed the way that I, you know. But did you, I, did you use private jets as Ubers? No, but I did other things in life that I think was, um, was wrong. And I heard other people as well. And, but the thing is when God changed me and when you really come to know God as a savior, or Jesus as a savior, and you look at how Jesus lived, you start realizing that you have to be honest with people about who you are and you've got to love people as well, authentically, even though it might hurt your reputation, um, but you've always got to do the right thing. But that's, that comes with a conviction when you're a Christian. And I think your dad was very much like that. Oh, look, yeah. you're too kind. And it reminds me of the, your relationship with me. It was very sweet. You know what? Uh, yeah, I'll hold these thoughts, hold these thoughts, but we've got a bonus article coming up. Do we not? We do. I need to find right. it now. Yep. Oh, just hold on. Lawsy has spoken. Yes. So there you have it. Thank you for joining us for that interesting conversation. Yolanda is a marketing professional and holds so many of uh, the same views as I do trained in social work. So I don't know, boys, I don't know what went wrong or, uh, you know, it's just because you got a, an outcome doesn't mean it hasn't all gone wrong. That interview is, of course, very difficult for a lot of people to listen to. So I hope that made it a little bit easier. Thank you, as always, for your support, your input, your feedback, your communication. All the contributions just mean so much. Let's keep getting the message out there that you can keep leaving Hillsong. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to other people around you. As you heard, we've got a bit of social media to have a comb through. You know, we're both quite fans of some celebrities. So that episode will be coming to you as soon as possible. Thanks again for your time, your interest. You guys are the best. We'll talk soon. Bye. you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.